Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worming. Today we're going to bump the Royals down into the middle of our segment today because they're off to such a poor start. Uh, and uh, and then I think we'll wrap up today with um, the NFL, some Chiefs news and a little bit of more draft preview. Um, but we'll start today's episode with just a little bit of NBA news. Uh, Mike, the, the Lakers won game one of their opening round uh, playoff series. Uh, Austin Reeves got a big fourth quarter. And after making a big shot, he yelled, exclaimed, you know, loudly to the crowd, I am him. Who is him? And is he him? I am him. Uh, I, I know it should be I am he, since uh, uh, am is a linking verb, and therefore uh, uh, we should get a predicate nominative uh, at the end. Uh, but um, I am him. Uh, I am he. It's it's is it Jesus related? Uh, uh, I, I just wanted to ask the question because grammatically it's one of the strangest things to be able to say this the phrase who is him and is he him that's the, I just wanted to ask that question that's all oh okay I'm not actually it, looking for an answer right so, oh I, I so grammatically it was funny that's all I think it is it is biblical I was looking it up it's oh, okay John eighteen six I am he uh, no uh, Jesus he did he just said I'm I'm him though I don't know yeah and he and yeah, the I am God's servant. Blah, 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 I am He, but uh, yeah. So I guess I am Him is is that a th- is yeah. that a thing that uh, is? I don't, is think, like I don't a... think he was going for that though. I think he was just excited anyway. But I thought it was funny that the uh, <laughs> the phrasing was funny and it sets up this weird grammatical improbable question to be able to ask. Apparently, right? it's being used a lot by uh, sports figures. Uh, Sporting News has an article about it, and apparently LeBron James and Joe Burrow have both used. Mm. Uh, that phrase uh, apparently rapper Kevin Gates uh, and uh, and him was meant to be a macronym an acronym uh, for his imperial majesty oh um, I'm him that I didn't know yeah, I don't follow uh, hip hop uh, Kevin Gates but Apparently, it's become kind of a thing, hmm. and and sometimes people who are very good are called Timothy, uh, like Timothy with an H. Uh, but yeah, this is this is uh, really really Gen Z stuff that I feel completely disconnected from. I have uh, no idea uh, what uh, they're talking about. Or, or why it's interesting or funny. Mm. I, 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 I do not get uh, the Gen Z humor, uh, at least very little of it. So I guess, or their um, phrase catchphrases. And I feel I feel really, really old. Will, will you try to work this into uh, a, a case summary? Uh, I guess I would have to. Project. Uh, yeah, I think I have to, because apparently John Morant, uh, Stephon Diggs, uh, Jordan Poole, Jaden Ivey, uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, among others, have used the I'm him uh, phrase. Uh, 
Odell Beckham, of course. Um, Naturally. Yeah, Joe Burrow, I guess, was using it as well. So, like, like we mentioned LeBron. But, yeah, I I don't um, – I guess it's a – again, if it's hip-hop and Gen Z related, I'm, I'm really going to be lost because I haven't uh, really followed hip-hop very much since uh, uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop were uh, still active. So – just recently, even yeah. <laughs> well, like together, and like like and like Tupac was alive, I think, or or uh, oh, okay, Biggie Smalls was even alive, uh, but um, early nineties, I would say, when uh, you know that would that, that would be the last time I really was really keeping up. Uh, aside from like occasional like you know like you know big hits from like um, Outcast or something like that, or I guess Kendrick Lamar kind of became big. And, and, it was like there's a lot of there's a lot of like all pop music now is has gravitated very much towards hip hop. There's not very much kind of rock in the top forty yeah. any longer, um, and I think that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, the only new rock bands that I hear about now are on uh, I see on NPR. So that's that's how. Uh... <laughs> sure, those are very very heavy bands too. Yeah, I get, I get, I, most of my new music comes from uh, NPR, which is, which shows you how, how, how lame I am. And I don't really listen to much new music at all. But, um, mm. but anyway, um, so yeah, I guess I am him was something, it, it's something. And maybe, it'll, maybe now that we've, we've, we've uh, tapped into it, we'll, we'll hear more people say it. And, you know, now we can know what it, what it is, I guess, sort of. Great. Yeah, it should be I am he, but you know. Yes, that's what we're here for. Technically, correct, correct grammar is not uh, of Gen Z. Part of the uh, of of kind of uh, Gen Z lexicon, you know, woke culture. You know, you should be awake or awaken. <laughs> or <laughs> yes, something like that. So I believe. Um, did you watch uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes. Uh, in 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 uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, Captain Raymond Holt, uh, I believe, referred to himself as awake. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I appreciate I appreciate uh, anything Andre Brower does. Yes. But um, great role. Do we have any any other comments on the NBA playoffs? Do you think? Um, I, I mean, guess... they're just getting underway. I don't, you know, I think there's really been too much going on. Maybe like you know, the injury for Giannis Antetokounmpo is maybe the biggest thing, I guess, right now that's dominating the playoffs. Yeah, maybe, maybe well, some of those lower seeds. Something, nothing's too crazy anyway. Might upset. You. I guess the Lakers are up, so maybe they could conceivably um, be a seven over a two, um, which but... is kind of what. We expected to see anyway. I think we talked about that a little bit last week. So. Yeah, and the Lakers are a better team. Like I think they're. It seems like in in rea- in a lot of ways, like we mentioned, the two seeds really get the raw deal because they end up having to play probably the hottest mm. team or a team that maybe underachieved and then just barely made the playoffs because they had in, you know injuries or something like that. Um, maybe that's always the case for a seven-two matchup. Um, it's hard to say, but. Um, yeah, they didn't. They don't get any breaks. It doesn't seem like the they, the high seeds get breaks as much. Um, like 
you know, you know, in the in some of the leagues like the NFL and the in the Major League Baseball, the high seeds get buys in the first round. Well, now that now in NFL, the two seed doesn't anymore. Two seed doesn't now, but so the one becomes extremely extremely important. Right. But I think they're just. I think they're going to move it to a eight team playoff. It seems like where it's going, yeah. Which is pretty. I don't. I don't really care for it. But I guess if you're the eighth team, it's good. But then you lose to the Chiefs or the one seed. Yeah. Well, I think it just it's another chance for the for one seeds to get injuries. Is probably what the league mm-hmm. doesn't really want. They want one team to be fresh going into the week two of the playoffs and yeah yeah i I still i think the six teams and two buys is the best but yeah because it makes the regular it makes the regular season more important because there are only 12 out then there's only 12 out of 32 teams that make playoffs yeah Uh, whereas i think like in major baseball also hockey it's basically half the teams make the Mm. playoffs and yeah nba now it's you know 20 of 32. Yeah, NBA. It's, yeah, yeah, it's five eighths of the teams are. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I guess you know, I, I think to have more playoff teams, there need to be more teams in general. So I would be less against expansion in the NFL than I would be um, expanding the playoffs without expand. Like, 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 so, like, I'd rather just see expansion. And yeah. Especially if the USFL and the XFL are seen as being kind of okay, because I think there can be, um, I think we had talked about this one point. I think there could be forty teams in the NFL, and the, new, the like the newest eight teams, like four of them could be in Europe to have a division there, and then four could be maybe split between Canada and Mexico or something. Canada, Mexico, and maybe mixed with a couple of new American teams. Yeah, um, or 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 you could sprinkle them around. Uh, yeah, well, it, it seemed like um, um, Germany did pretty well with the attendance and yeah, at the NFL game there, and it's they're going back, going back twice. Yeah. Different, I think they're going to uh, Frankfurt this year. It was in Munich last year, so like I would, I, I would say that yeah, because you only for, for football, it's because each game is such an event, you only need to sell out that game, eight to nine games in a year, and yeah. Um, and really, a lot of places can do that because it's because it, like it's not like you have to fill up the baseball stadium every night or you have to you know eighty one nights a year or the even NBA games you know even though it's a smaller number total but it's uh, you know in, in the stadium but it's a it's a it's a you know weeknights and things like that it's not it's not like a once a week thing because you know in Germany and other places they you know fill up soccer stadiums uh, all the time and those are essentially once a week yeah or maybe twice a week maybe twice a week yeah if you're if you're maybe if you're if you're in like the premier league and also in the champions league or or the fa cup or something like that there's sometimes two games a week yeah but yeah but you know i i think like if there's a london team maybe two in germany and then one i don't know rando amsterdam spain uh yeah yeah something like that i think i think that could be I think that could be done, and that and having a division in Europe would would eliminate some of that kind of jet lag and weekly um, kind of travel for other teams, and also I think maybe help the European teams. But um, I think a lot of American players don't want to live in Europe, uh, yeah. but 
which is crazy because I'd rather live in Europe uh, if I if like if I were just young and rich, uh, you know, because like you know things are. I, I'm interested in the historical sites and the uh, uh, culture and the food and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, it's also you could also you know you could say less 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 gun crime things like that that are that's there so like it's safer in some ways. Maybe petty crime is a little is higher, but. Um, but in general, I, I yeah, I would um, if I didn't have any ties, uh, I would you know if I could live anywhere, probably. But yeah, I I, I anyway go back. To, I guess back to the playoffs. Um, who knows uh, what's going to happen? It's still very early. Two games at the most have been played in any series. Yeah. Um, we're also just starting the NHL playoffs with a. Um, where one team in particular has had a very, very, very strong season, and that is the Boston Bruins. Uh, they finished at 60, the record of 65, 12, and 5 for 135 points. They won the um, Calder Cup or whatever the, the President's Cup, I think. President's Trophy. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's what it is in um, uh, MLS, I know, but uh, it's something. He's the President's Cup. Is it MLS President's? is a supporter shield. Supporters shield. Yeah. Here's it's President's Cup. Yeah, NHL, I think it's President's Cup, yeah. Well, President well, President's Cup is also the golf thing. Um nah. uh, so I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the points total for, for Boston, you know, is a bit skewed because he could actually win uh, in 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 uh, overtime and shootouts, mm-hmm. which wasn't really a thing. Yeah, before. it's the president's trophy, the president's trophy. Trophy. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, still, still the record. So, yes, with the record setting win total, point total, would you take Boston to win the Stanley Cup, I think since they've done so 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 well, um, it's hard to say though. But I think so because it's been a while. It has, I'm just looking at it now. The last team to win the President's Cup and the Stanley Cup was the Chicago Blackhawks in uh, 2012 and 2012 20. 2012-13 season and um looks like that was actually a uh a lockout year um so they only had 77 points to lead the league that year yeah uh, last one two three four five six yeah seven, i think they lost eight, nine yeah, months to that season have not won uh the capitals used to always win the president's cup and then uh, they won two in a row and then they lost in the playoffs and then um I think the year later, when they weren't the President's Cup winners, they won the Stanley Cup. So it seems like, yeah, there's a not a correlation at all. There have only been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven President's Cup, Stanley Cup, President's Trophy, Stanley Cup doubles since um, they first had the President's Trophy in 1985, 86. Yeah. So it's been almost nearly 40 years, only seven. So like one, once every five, six years, um, it's been a little while, but it's, I've, I'm, I'm just going to say, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with the Bruins. 
I think uh, because they were so dominant, I think they're going to win. But like, I think as I think we mentioned before we went on the air that the Bruins, if you want to bet a hundred dollars on the Bruins, uh, it would be plus two eighty uh, still. So like, it's not a um, a very low number given. I think so. You can see how chaotic. Playoffs. Well, like you know, we had just followed like the um, you know, even the the women's basketball tournament for for college was you know a team had negative odds uh, to win win the title, and you know they didn't, but um, you know they had more more games they had to win in one off scenarios, not just winning a series to advance. They had to win individual games, and they still had negative odds, and yeah. NHL though, the best odds they have are still nearly three to one at the beginning yeah. of this. So that, that, I guess that tells you there is there is maybe more randomness in the NHL than potentially in mm-hmm. some other sports, I guess, right? Yeah. So before they had before they had the president's trophy, they did have the team with the best uh regular uh season records it was called prince of wales trophy <laughs> yeah um for and, and it was i guess prince of wales trophy has been for different things but for a while it was for the team with the best record and so in the 19 let's see uh from let's start in 1970 the 71-72 season through 80 182 uh the team with the best record in the league uh so it's i think it's 11 seasons one two three four five six seven eight um they won eight stanley cups in 11 seasons in the late in the 70s early 80s so uh, the team that won the president's that won what the predecessor to the president's trophy almost always won the Stanley Cup. I don't know what the format was hmm. of uh, the NHL playoffs uh, that year. Um, I would, oh, there were, uh, oh, there was a interesting, bracket. Okay. It was a 12 team uh, bracket. Yeah, they've changed up their, and, was, and they reseeded and did weird like, things yeah. like that. I don't know exactly how. Um, they've had it like where you had you had to like get out of your division first at one mm-hmm. time too. Yeah, I think they've gone back to that. I think. Yeah. But yeah. There, there were twelve. I guess there were only twelve teams in the playoffs in the seventies and eighties. So it was, I guess it was it was a little bit easier in the first in the high and so there was there were buys for the top teams. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But do you, do you do you think the Bruins have a chance, or do you think or do you think it's going to be a? I think they certainly have a chance. But I don't know that I expect them to win. Yeah, it it, it seems are, like the um, yeah the way the way to to do things right now is to just what whoever is the top team don't bet on them because they're probably not going to win it. <laughs> That's what I would go with right now. But um, yeah. apparently uh, the Celtics are the uh, odds-on favorites right now in the NBA finals. So Ooh. if the uh, odds makers have their have their um, you know predictions go go the way they expect, then it, it'll be an all Boston celebration here in, in a couple Spring months time yeah in, in june and then i guess the red sox are not out of it i don't think the patriots have much of a shot but of the interesting that the two of the big uh four sports in boston are doing 
very, very well. They both, yeah, they each had the best record in the league, uh, I believe. Uh, this past um, season. I think Boston was second in the East. Oh, they were second. Oh, they were second. Yeah. So one, I think they're one game back. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was close. And then they won, they won their first game of the playoff series so far. So they're just getting started, too. Yeah. Do, uh, do you know when uh, the the Boston Bruins franchise began? I don't. A long time ago. 1924. Were they one of the originals? They were one of the original six. Um, but the, it's interesting. So the NHL had more teams before World War II. But then during World War II, it, it, it reduced to six. Yeah. And now they call those six that the teams reduced to the original six, even though there were more original teams originally. Yeah. I never really knew that. I thought they just had already had always had six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the original six are um, Bruin, the Bruins, uh, the Rangers, uh, the Red Wings, and the Blackhawks in the United States, and then the Canadians and um, Maple Leafs in Canada. So those are the original six. Makes sense. So, um, and that was the whole league for more than 25 years until 1967. And then they expanded uh, the playoffs. Uh, then they expanded this, the league and they doubled the size in 1967 uh, to uh, 12 teams. And the teams they added were um, the Oakland Seals. You know <laughs> whatever happened to the Oakland Seals? Not a clue. Interestingly enough, they became eventually they were the San they were the San Francisco they were the Bay Area Seals, California Seals, but they moved to Cleveland and became the Cleveland Barons, where they actually folded in 1978. They're the I think they're the last uh, major sports franchise of the Big Four to fold. Really? Uh, I guess you could say maybe technically the Browns did because um, when they moved to Baltimore and then they got the new Browns, but, uh, but also that's also Cleveland. Uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, all, all of the other teams, even the ones that didn't do very well, they at least moved someplace and right. So like the San Francisco, they moved from San Francisco area to Cleveland. They lasted for two seasons and then uh, they folded completely. The other teams were the uh, Los Angeles Kings, the Minnesota North Stars, who of course moved to Dallas, and now it's the Minnesota Wild as, as replaced uh, Minnesota. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, Philadelphia Flyers, and Pittsburgh Penguins were the original. And then they would expand again in the 70s and um, later 60s, 70s. And so, um, yeah, so it really expanded quickly. Mm -hmm. Not um, not one or two teams at a time. It was yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Go ahead was, and double it, and then add more right away. Yeah, it was yeah. So anyway, that was that was my my small bit of, of trivia from about the Boston Bruins uh, early days, and in that um, in the early uh, yeah yeah. So they were the um originally their colors were brown and yellow but then they switched to black at some point um i don't know when but they were, they were uh 
because the word Bruin literally means a, uh, I believe, a brown bear. Yeah, looks like that. Yeah, but um, but they're black and gold. But I guess UCLA, they're also the Bruins, and they're uh, uh, light, light blue, uh, light blue and metallic gold. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but anyway, Bruins. Um, I think that's enough for NHL and MLB. I think we've we've been kind of uh, delaying this because I don't I don't think we want to talk about how bad the Royals. Yeah. Uh, they it's been unpleasant. Lost again today on Tuesday. Um, it's possible they'll lose a couple more times by the time this airs. <laughs> they might even fit in a couple of losses that they weren't even scheduled. Uh, they're four and fourteen right now. They lost, I believe, earlier tonight, twelve to two. Um, yeah. Do you see any signs of hope improvement? What What happened to the team in spring training? Where Where, where How do you feel about the Royals right now? Yeah, so yeah, all the hope that we had in spring training, you know, seeing the team with, uh, you know, hitting home runs, getting, you know, double scoring runs, scoring lots of runs, really had the highest OPS in the league at one point, uh, now find themselves at the bottom of the barrel, DFL in OPS Mm -hmm. plus for the season, Uh, somewhere around 64 (laughs) going into today's game, which is uh, absurdly low uh offensively yeah it does not look very good they shut out four times i think they're like last of the league in runs per game uh i think the only thing you can really take from from this as a as a bit of a positive is that uh the teams they have played at have very good records um part of which is because of the royals. Royals. they're playing the royals yeah. um but uh yeah so they're what um one and 13 against teams with uh you know above 500 record and two and one against teams with below 500 record yeah they, they uh, took it they really took it to the giants uh in san francisco uh, i believe they're also one and uh 12 now at home one what one, are they one and 11 11 i think at home one yeah. and 11 at home and three and three on the road um well, yeah so they've yeah. already played 12 of their 81 home games and uh yeah they're very poor clip Basically, an eighth of the way through the season, and it's with four wins. Yeah, four wins. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Um, so they're on. The, they're on pace right now to have, I believe, the worst record in the history of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily for them, the Oakland A's yeah. are are worse, even worse. Yeah, I think they were three and fourteen. Well, they, into they can't exclusively play teams with above five hundred records for the whole season. This is, you know, yeah. I guess technically season. they could, if they lost all of their games or so many of their games, and every other team was like one or two games above five hundred because right. the Royals <laughs> lost so many. Uh, they could, they they could every yeah. team, but every team technically, but the Royals could be. Over five hundred in the league. Technically, uh, but yeah. we know that won't be. Quite it's unlikely. The case. But yeah, they should have some games against Oakland and some games against Detroit eventually this season. Well, hopefully, they can get a couple more wins. <laughs> but it didn't seem like their season projections had uh, changed much from early in the year before the season started. Right there wasn't there one project one prediction was like sixty eight and a half, and I think they're still projected fan graphs at sixty nine. For the season, even with this start, yeah, that's well, seems a bit good. Surprising, but they're six and a half. They're six and a half games out of first place. The Twins 
are only 10 and 7 in first. They haven't actually run away with it, really. So I guess you could say six and a half games. That's not too bad. That's, uh, yeah. You can make that up. But given the fact that the Royals have just, I don't know, it's, they haven't shown any signs of life, really. They yeah, as a, as a team, at least, anyway. As a team, they had they had a little bit of success in San Francisco. We yeah. thought they might turn it around. But then they lost that game where they should have won uh, on getaway day. Mm-hmm. And they've won one game since since then. that. So, yeah, it's been pretty rough. But yeah, I mean, a few a few players have shown some some signs of life. Like Bobby Witt's hitting a bit. Pasquantino's hit a few home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not much on offense that they can really look to to, you know, for signs signs of success. Uh, but uh, pitching the starting pitching has been pretty good for the most of the year. So that's like you know that's an improvement. But yeah, the bullpen hasn't quite figured it out. Like it seems like they're using certain pitchers in ways that i'm not quite understanding what they're trying to do um yeah do you know which player currently leads the uh, position player leads the royals in wins above replacement in war uh probably let's see i say bobby witt jr bobby witt jr is tied for 30 is 0.3 war okay tied with your favorite uh player nikki lopez how point three? I guess he's got good fielding, uh, going on something. Um, he had he had like one game where he had like two hits and yeah, he is batting one eighty four, three eleven yeah. on base percentage. So I guess on base percentage isn't too bad. It's actually the same on base percentage as Bobby Wood Junior. He's batting yeah. one. Uh, the difference but... being. <laughs> Nicky Lopez comes to the plate late in the game. It's a guaranteed out every time. Yeah. Um, but do you know? Okay. So Vinny Pasquantino has 0.5 war. He is mm-hmm. leading uh, the Royals. 0.4 is Kyle Isbell. Um, 0.3 is Bobby Witt Jr., Nicky Lopez. And then 0.2 is Salvador Perez. Everybody else is below. Um, do you know who is, le- who is leading or losing or who is who has the most negative who's the most negative yeah is it is it a relief pitcher or a starting or i'm actually looking at all all uh, the player these are these are all batting right now uh worst offensive player probably is it uh is it dozier dozier is down at minus point two he hasn't Um, been playing all the time so the one, uh, it's actually second baseman Michael Massey, hmm. who was batting 128 and somehow has an on base percentage of 122. So his on base percentage is worse than his batting yeah, average. That's, that's hard to do, isn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, it's uh, sacrifices. Yeah. So he must have, because that doesn't count against your batting average, but it does count <laughs> your on base percentage. percentage. Yeah. So his batting average is lower than his on base. I mean, his on base percentage is lower than his batting average. Uh, his slugging. Is also pretty in that ballpark. It's one forty nine. Yeah. So well, he he's been splitting time with Mickey Lopez, mm-hmm. and I don't think that helps. I don't. I don't quite see what yeah what the Royals are trying to do with like you know having guys start you know at different positions on different days rather than just like platooning with one guy for one spot. It seems mm-hmm. like they they were doing this last year too with with the you know management that that I don't 
but you know, they got rid of because of their decision making. <laughs> so I don't know why they're still doing some of these same decision making system yeah. that they had in place before. Um, yeah. I, I would rather them just say like, you know, give Nicky Lopez a month. And if he doesn't perform at a certain level, then just get rid of him and just be done with it. But this, this like just prolongs this, these, you know, this scheme for so long that they, ne- they never really evaluate anyone to tell if they're worth keeping or worth cutting bait on. They don't seem to just go, th- just do it, just figure it out if they want to keep the guy or not keep the guy. Or if you want to try to trade him, if that's the whole point of this season is just evaluating how you're going to keep beyond this year, give them until the trade deadline. And if they, if they can't get, you know, a spot to trade them to, then, you know, that's it. Just cut them and they just be done with it. I mean, it sucks, but that's I mean, kind of what this season has become. Maybe they're trying to do that, but Massey has been even worse. And it gets Lopez into the lineup more because Massey's been so bad. Yeah. I think Nicky Lopez must have some dirt on somebody in the organization. (laughs) But the Royals pitching war looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Do you know who's the leader in pitching war? Um, Let's see. Green starts. The only starter with more than, it's the only pitcher with more than one win. I'll give you a hint. With more than one win. Oh. I actually don't know who has more than one win. Is it? Uh, is it, is it Singer? Brad Keller is two and Keller two. Keller is, okay. He lost he today. He didn't pitch that well. Well, he still has 0.7 war on the season. Yeah. Aroldis Chapman is second in only six innings at 0.5 war. Yeah. He has uh, 12 strikeouts in six innings, no runs allowed. Uh, so 18 uh, strikeouts per nine innings. Um, third in war is actually the, is, uh, Zach Grinke, who's 0-3, but uh, he's been... Uh, hit hard. He's he's just kind of gotten uh, no no run support. He's mm-hmm. he's been unlucky. Uh, so he's he had kind of one bad start. Everything else is pretty decent. He's point four WAR. Yeah. Chris Bubich is point four. Um, yeah, Bubich had uh, one really good start too, like last week. And see, he, he went really on the good. injured list. He's but yeah, battling. they had one one more game and he didn't look so good. And then they said he was being evaluated for something. Yeah. They didn't say what the injury was. Last I heard, his elbow. It says his elbow, perhaps a left flexor. Strain. That's not good. Yeah, that could be a UCL kind of. That's where that thing. usually goes. Yeah, that's not good. Goes but... on IL after not feeling sharp. <laughs> that was the headline there. Yeah. Not feeling sharp. Yeah, I'm not feeling sharp either. Maybe I should go on the oh injured list. Yeah, well, that's too bad because that was you know one game removed from one of the best starts of his career. Where I think he went six innings and only gave, I think one hit, no walks, it was fantastic. Yes, nine strikes, and... <laughs> and, then, and then not so good, and now on the injured list. Yep, yeah, he and his team lost. Like both of those games, either way, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's that's where it's been really tough. Is that it doesn't seem to matter what the starting pitching does because the uh, um, bullpen can't can't do much. Um, yeah, so they have one more game against Texas tomorrow afternoon. So, which will be yesterday afternoon when this when this airs, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then they go on a road trip to. Angels, 
Diamondbacks, and then a four-game set with Minnesota. You see better days mm-hmm. ahead, or do you think it's just going to be into the nightmare? I think just by regressing to the mean, I think there are better days ahead. Uh, maybe it's just the sort of dead cat bounce. I I can't see them going four and fourteen their next eighteen games. Yeah. So I could say like, oh, maybe they'll just be eight and ten, and that'll be a lot better. But it would still be under five hundred. Yeah. And, and like even so, I think that's something that's probably going to happen. So I think they'll be better. I would say. Um, you're just, you're just yeah. trying. To, you're just hoping that they can slow the bleeding. That's slow that's the what, bleeding. That's what you're considering to be a success. Yeah. That, they have some. I think that, I think you'd have to, right? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Right now. Um, I think just stringing together any sort of wins because they have they've they've lost five in a row, and you know maybe you know getting another win at home tomorrow, so before the road trip, and then maybe getting a win or two uh, in Los Angeles, so at least you know, and go back to Arizona, maybe they'll hit better because they're uh, back in. Uh, out west and back maybe. in the uh, back in the cactus state, so maybe that'll help reacclimate them. But I, yeah, I didn't. I was feeling kind of down in the world last week, but I like this week really uh, down. It's, it feels like one of those, you know, uh, teams of the mid to late aughts. I think. Yeah. So just to throw more water on this, I guess, anyway. Angels right now have a winning record. Arizona also has a winning record. And then the Twins obviously in first in the Division Two, So they will be playing teams with winning records right now. Okay. So, and we know what their record against winning teams is right now. <laughs> Not great. So, maybe we can hope for... A, you know, slowing the bleeding. That's sad. Yeah, I hope that. Yeah, this. Yeah, this is another bad start. It seems like when the Royals have really bad teams, they all they have really bad starts. They don't fall apart at the middle of the in the middle of the year or something like that. They always, it's at the beginning and yeah, and that's where. Uh, and this is one of those classic Royals slow starts where you know probably by the end of April they could be out of it. Unless they really, you know, if they went maybe, you know, if they went five or six games in a row, then they're at least sniffing five hundred, uh, you know. So yeah. maybe things like that can change. But it it will take like a decent sized winning streak, uh, for things to look even decent at this point. Right. They're already, they're already ten games under five hundred. They've only played eighteen, so that's really hard to do. Yeah. And, um. It's you know it's not quite, you know, the eighty eight Orioles. Or whatever, uh, eight, yeah, Orioles, the zero and twenty-one start, but still, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hole to climb out of. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty rough. Well, and, uh, last week we talked a lot about um, the Rays and their, you know, very fast start. Mm-hmm. So they they did end up tying the record for wins to start a season at thirteen. Mm-hmm. But have since faltered though. Yeah, they're fifteen and three as of today. Oh. So um yeah, I think the nineteen eighty four uh Detroit Tigers who started thirty-five 
and five are probably safe. Probably safe. They were 18 and two and then 17 and three. So we'll see what maybe, uh, so it, it would probably take a, you know, 17 and three first 20 games, 18 and two next 20 games to tie uh, those, uh, those Tigers, but you know, 15 and three, very solid. Um, you know, they've under, I think they're undefeated at home. Uh, winning record on the road, unlike the Royals, who are nearly un, uh, I guess, un non defeated at <laughs> right, at home. perfectly imperfect, nearly yeah. perfectly imperfect. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things. Where do you think this is going to um, hasten the calls to move to downtown? Because I don't know how many people are going to be at the stadium. Yeah, I don't. They I did, don't know. I don't know that it has anything. To, I don't think those things have anything to do with each other. I think it's just the you know when the lease comes up, they're probably going to want a new stadium. Is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I don't. I don't think what the, what they're what they do has anything to do with with uh, the urge to move downtown. I think it's better for the city to have it be more centrally located. But at least they're losing faster than previous years. The yeah. games are shorter, right? Uh, I so guess, yeah. Stick around as long. Uh, prolonging they, the losses. I guess in reaction to the shorter game time, did you see that the Royals are now selling beer through the eighth inning instead of uh, just through the seventh inning? Because yeah, we had mentioned we had mentioned that uh, I think right before this happened that yeah, um, you know, vendors and stuff like that were not going to be selling as many um, you know food items, beverage items, right? Because the game time was shorter and. You know, that's why. And it's like, it's been, I think, you know, I think Mother Just Against drive, Drunk Driving uh, said something against it. But like, you know, it's not like people can't drink in their cars or there's other like bars and stuff open after the game. Hopefully people aren't drinking in their cars. But... but also like, even if they're drinking in the, in the parking takes, lot. Maybe. It, yeah, in the parking lot. <laughs> it takes so long to get out of there. Like, uh, you know, yeah. people could sober up, wish. Uh, but it doesn't take long when there aren't any fans there, though. No, that's true. That's true. But you know, it's mostly just beer. At least it's not there. <laughs> they, yeah. aren't serving, they aren't serving shots uh, uh, down in most in most of the ballpark anyway. So it's. But I, I could see maybe also if the rules are doing more and more poorly, that beer sales might rise just to. Uh, I guess if they do really well, beer sales. I think I think uh, it's it's you know like uh, it's the Simpsons once said, alcohol is the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> and uh, you know if you're happy or if you're sad, um, more alcohol <laughs> is the key. And you have your whiskey. I don't. I guess I have some whiskey, but I don't have. I don't really yeah. want to. Do I need to have another whiskey for you? Then is that what you're saying? You can you can have one for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe I'll have a little bit. I, I usually drink it with Coke, and I don't have any uh, oh. uh, mixers right now. Just have to drink it straight like this. I know. I don't have any ice either, really. That's because I'm up in my state college apartment where I don't have an ice maker, and I usually forget to make ice, and then the ice just kind of, uh, you know, I, if I get it, I I just just kind of withers away into yeah. the, the ether of the freezer. The evaporation, yeah. 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 So I don't have any. Anyway, I do have ice, but also if I do may have ice, somehow it all ends up smelling like garlic. I don't know where I, I somehow the ice cube tray or something got <laughs> garlicky. And uh. I mean, as it, 
and like I can't smell it when I have the when I smell the ice cube tray, hmm. but when I smell the ice, there's a garlic scent. So I don't. It doesn't really taste like garlic, but it smells like garlic, and Weird. it's a. I must have like cooked or something with garlic and like gotten it onto some surface, and it's never gone away. This wow. Morning. Because um, I don't have a dishwasher up here either, so like I wash it with my hands, so it's probably not quite as um, uh, sanitized. But washing things by hand, like an animal, it is like an animal. That's why I I've switched mostly to paper plates and uh, oh, wow. plastic utensils because yeah. I don't have a garbage disposal either. So like it's wow. it's Man. it's uh, way back to college. At least yeah, you didn't have a hot plate though, or use a hot plate. No, I have a stove. Actually, my stove is on the fritz. The stove works, but the um, it's like a combination range um, oven. Yeah, like the, like there's like you know, there's like um, so you control the oven by pushing like the you know, little control panel on the top. That panel has gone out for some reason, hmm. so I can still turn the burners on, but now I can't use the oven. So I need I need to contact my landlord to try to yeah uh, get this. But my 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 place is too big of a mess. That I don't want I don't really want my landlord uh, to see it. I haven't been able to like clean the kitchen very much. So like I'll, I'll I got to you know, next few days I'll try to clean up a little bit so it's presentable enough for somebody to come in and fix my stove, um, yeah, or fix the oven, I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's why I don't have any ice cubes. And um, you know, I I think that tragedy uh, is mirrors is, the, uh, the mirrors the royals tragedy. And so yeah. maybe we should just move on and, and talk about yeah. and go go across the parking lot, sure, and uh, talk a little bit about the Chiefs. Who have made big signing uh, news, right? Big, big signing news. They re-signed uh, on Monday Justin Watson. I think a lot of us thought maybe they weren't going to re-sign Justin Watson because they brought in Richie James as kind of this new guy, and maybe they're going to mm. draft somebody good in the uh, draft, or maybe Justin Ross. There's been a little bit of Justin Ross hype uh, from Patrick Mahomes lately, uh, but he might he might not ever really turn into an NFL receiver despite showing so much promise in college but they're bringing back Justin Watson it seems like he was okay last year for the for the Chiefs um yeah what do you think what do you think of re-signing Watson I mean I don't think they really expect a whole lot out of him it's just kind of like a bonus thing right so like if he does well great if he doesn't then they got the same thing out of him that they got last year basically right which is just a few big plays kind of randomly throughout the year but not uh really a lot of expectation for him i don't think yeah i think of those big plays but he also has some drops i think against seattle they kind of take bigger shots with him mm. and then yeah he was dropping most of us like. i think that seattle game the cold game he dropped like four yeah that turned like mahomes's what would have been like a super day for mahomes into just sort of an okay day uh, yeah. for uh, mahomes on that day but um yeah i I think that's okay. I guess the bigger signing is one we've we've kind of delayed, and that is the we talked about this last time. Would they sign a veteran backup quarterback? It seems like every time we we, we think of something, whether it's uh, what's going on with the beer sales, what's going on with uh, the backup quarterback situation, our um, you know the teams respond. Maybe maybe that's because they like so many others are watching the war- and listening to the Warning Truck Power Hour. They must be right. Like, I think that's the only explanation. But he ended up not being the guy we talked about, Carson Wentz. No, but it is instead another former first-round kind of draft bust 
one who's a few years older, who's had some uh, time as a backup quarterback, maybe getting used to the idea that he's not really a good starter. Wentz isn't quite there yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Chiefs would rather have him bounce around a little bit before he, you know, would would pick somebody like him as a backup. Yeah, they want, I think they want somebody who is resigned being a backup. So they brought in uh, Tom Brady's old backup uh, from Tampa Bay, uh, former Missouri Tiger, former Jacksonville Jaguars top pick, similar to Chad Henney, also top former Jacksonville Jaguar, and that is Blake Bortles. What do you think of the Blake Bortles signing? Not Blake Bortles, though. Not Blake Bortles. Oh, it's Blake Gabber. Blake Gabber. We mixed up Blake all Gabbert. the things you Blake said Bortles. were correct, but yeah, it, it's uh, Blake Bortles. Blake Gabber. Yeah, Blake Blake Bortles did not go to uh, uh, go to Mizzou, uh, but Blaine <laughs> Gabbert went to. Mizzou. Blake Gabbert did. Yeah, I, 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 we, we just talked about how we confuse these two guys. They well, I think, I think Carson Wentz falls into the category too because it's the same kind of uh, first name that isn't you know really you know not a traditional first name i guess right and then and then some kind of like yeah for a last name for a first name so blake blaine carson yeah right right and then some kind of nonsense word for the uh for the last name yeah i think baker mayfield is probably going to join that group as well yeah um yeah (laughs) i can't really call him blake bortles he is essentially blake bortles uh yeah do you know where Blake Bortles is? Is he on a team? I don't know. Do you think do you think the Chiefs intended to sign Blake Bortles and then realized that they actually signed Blaine Gabbard and and don't know that uh, you know they've made this mistake yet? Blake Bortles is out of the league apparently. Oh, so he is a few years younger than Blaine Gabbard. Fully out of the league, huh? Yeah, he didn't play at all in twenty twenty two. Wow. Um, Gabber is uh, three years older than Bortles. He is uh, Gabbert is actually two years older than Bortles. Uh, Bortles will be 31 in the end of April. Gabbert is 33, so two and a half years older. Um, but he is from the St. Louis area. Uh, I believe he went to he went to Parkway West High School. Yeah. But he it does have some size to him. He's 6'5, 230 plus. Maybe is he a, is he the answer on a short down? Because he was a he was a fairly mobile quarterback in college as a younger player. Is he gonna be coming in for like third down rushes? He's more mobile than Henny was, I think, and more durable than Henny. Yeah. Well, I think they'll have him. I would think that um well, I think he'll he'll go into like a you know competition. Um for that backup role with with uh, Bouchelle. and uh, you know if if he wins the second spot, then he'll be playing the exact same role as Henny, right? It's just waiting around for you know an opportunity to you know not sink the ship, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that, so- is that all you really expect from them from him? I think so. I think just maybe be a steadying presence maybe have again he maybe maybe because he was with Tom Brady maybe he has some insights into uh Brady's mindset another type of passing a uh, great passing quarterback um from a different system so maybe there's a little bit that Mahomes can learn uh there like I it seems like he's like Mahomes is already um 
you know, learning a lot about being a quarterback and like what how to read defenses and all those things. But maybe somebody from a different system or different. I've seen several different systems might uh, be a help to him. Um, yeah. I don't know what it says about Shane Bouchelle, whether he's going to be kept around or is going to be let go. I think he'll. I think they kind of like him, though. It seems like. I mean, they kept him on the roster the whole year to make sure he didn't, uh, you know, get poached from the practice squad. So, you think they kind of want him to get the shot? I would think. Mm-hmm. I think so too. But it's Blake, hard to Blake say. Bortles did officially retire in October of last year. So he retired because he couldn't. I guess he probably because he couldn't latch on, or was he injured? Yeah. Um, so, who has? So, uh, so Blaine Gabbert has a Super Bowl ring. Has a Super Bowl ring. Uh, he actually beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Is he Bowl fifty five because he played for the uh, Buccaneers? Um, he has started forty eight games. So that's three full seasons essentially as as a starter. Um. He has a lifetime 72.7 quarterback rating. Not so good. Um, is that higher or lower than Blake Bortles? Uh, well, Bortles has more games, I would think, right? So. I would think, I think Bortles had more appearances. Is that not right? Bortles has played 78 games, started 73. He is 24 and 49 as a starter. Uh, Gabbert has started 48 games, played 67. He is... Can't find his. On this list as a starter. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't show it. Uh, I'm looking up his uh, stats right now. But, um, yeah, uh, the rating for for Bortles is 80.6 career, so higher than Gabbert. Um so I don't I don't know if he's better or worse. I, but I think I think having Gabbert as a as a backup. Um and he's played some as a backup. Yeah. Was actually once he became a backup, he barely played at all. He hadn't play actually played a snap since twenty nineteen. Um and uh uh, Bortles has gotten into um, into games at the end, so he's hmm. in his in his in his three seasons. So maybe this perks perks perks, uh, perks you up a little bit. In his three seasons as a backup, um, he has had a one hundred twenty five point eight quarterback rating. Yes, eighty point five quarterback rating and one hundred nineteen point three quarterback rating. So he's only attempted uh, thirty five passes in that time. And not, not even uh, 100 snaps for those those yeah. three four seasons. 22, but they're 22 out of 35. Yeah. For um, well, you know, 230 yards, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad for one. Three game. touchdowns, no picks. Three touchdowns, no picks. So yeah, he's a um, maybe. I think is he a step up from Henny? Do you think, or is he an equivalent to Henny? I think he. I think he is Henny. He's just a few years younger, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that pretty much what it is? That's why I think they, they, they found a guy that's basically the same, probably for about the same amount of money, too. And yeah. uh, it's just, you know, being able to do the same thing without having to, you know, really make much of a change. 
nobody's updated Blake Gabbard's Wikipedia page. So huh. does that mean it was was the was the signing um, not finalized? They don't have the numbers on Spot Track yet. Okay. It just has a uh, signed with the Chiefs, but doesn't have doesn't have any value. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think I think so. Who will who will contribute more to the Chiefs' uh, success this season? Will it be Justin Watson or Blaine Gabbard? <laughs> Hopefully, it's Justin Watson, right? So, yeah, you could say um, because if he's playing well. <laughs> That does. Uh, that means <laughs> if, Blaine, that if Blaine Gabbard plays significant snaps, then we're we're not. Mahomes is not great playing. Game. That's right. That's true. <laughs> so, that's true. but that's I guess maybe you could play. say Mahomes uh, has seen Gabbard as another mentor and gotten even more uh, sort of into the Zen of things. I think probably uh, the um, you know having played for Missouri is probably the uh, you know factored into this too, right? Because uh, well, he will. He, 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 guy. Yeah. Uh, Gabbert was also when he started at Mizzou, he was the backup quarterback to Chase Daniel. Yeah. Uh, who of course has become a became a Chiefs longtime backup in the NFL and a Chiefs right. backup. So it's I would say it's quite possible that, that Gabbert and Daniel still talk. And so he, they probably talk about what it's like to be a backup quarterback um and how to be, you know, ready to come in just in case, but also to be prepared and help the starter. Uh and you know, just like 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 you know, Gabbert like Daniel, he's not backup that's trying to compete for a starting job he's yeah he is the designated backup that's right. and maybe he's competing for number two job really if, if, if Bouchelle is it seems like that's what you would want from the Chiefs perspective is you want some kind of competition for that two spot so yeah hopefully it's you know at least an entertaining preseason with with those two guys competing for that for that spot because I think you don't want you don't want, you know, Bouchelle to be, uh, you know, just kind of complacent and not have a great preseason with no competition, and you know, have them fall flat. And then you don't. Then you're really worried about what happens if Mahomes, you know, has to come out for part of a game or or miss so some kind of significant amount of time. Then you're yeah. probably not very confident in in what you have. So at least at least you have you know something you know forcing some kind of competition at least anyway between your two and three and mm-hmm. four I guess too I guess they still have a fourth quarterback on the roster too. Mm-hmm. Chris Olatukun, yeah, uh, who is probably going to practice squad at best. But yeah, it's I, I the Chiefs roster is shaping up. Do, do you think this? Do you think the Watson signing or Gabbard or any of that does that affect the Chiefs draft? Uh, coming in yeah they didn't you know they didn't fill any of those other additional roles i think that they really need um you know you probably would like to see another defensive player or two come in uh either through free agency or through the draft i mean i assume they're planning something for the draft here anyway where they're gonna you know get some of these you know roster holes filled in but they're not starters usually that they're really looking for i think they're probably mostly backups which is kind of a nice position to be in Future starters, but not necessarily immediate starters that they're probably looking for right now. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think it seems like the Chiefs roster is pretty good everywhere. Maybe yeah. you could say we don't know what their right tackle is going to be. You kind of is, expect that to be their first round draft pick. It could be. It could, or maybe they think Lucas Niang is able to step in. Yeah, he was the starter before he got hurt a couple couple years ago, and and um, Wiley came in. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's possible. I think maybe they think he's okay. You, people are thinking, well, is what wide receiver position seems also a little bit weak. You know, there's still the rumors of DeAndre Hopkins um, out there, but I don't That'd think require the Chiefs, a trade. I think too and... trade and a, and a fairly high salary. Uh, the Chiefs yeah. were not willing. It was clear to go very high on Odell Beckham, who signed for 15 million guaranteed, 18 million. Um, you know, he's uh, one thing maybe we should talk about is uh, the uh, the main the big contract signing of of this past week, and that is uh, just in the last day or two is uh, Jalen Hurts uh, coming to terms with the, with the Eagles five year contract. Uh, $255 million potential payout. So $51 million per season. I think $178 or $179 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, what do you think of that contract? Do you think the Eagles were smart to lock up Hertz? Or is this a or is this a risky contract that maybe they will regret? There's a, uh, one of the things that Hertz negotiated with the Eagles was a no trade clause. And that is the first, I think the first one the Eagles have ever had. Is that right? I didn't hear that. Yeah, at least at least maybe under the current GM. Yeah, I mean, I think this seemed like the right season to to do this, and the off and you know this off season after he what finished second in the MVP uh, voting for the last season. So, you know, it makes sense to go ahead and give the big contract, but not necessarily the number of years that that like Mahomes got anyway, which was you know a ten year deal. Uh, so it's you know less overall years, but you know a lot of significant amount of money. Uh, you know, going to this contract, at least anyway, I think it is very loaded at the back end, right? Isn't that right? Isn't the uh, last year of his deal? It's like 60 or 70 million. Yeah. yeah. 179 guaranteed. Um, but it also how, came... how long will this be the, uh, you know, largest contract for a quarterback? Not very, because I think um, both uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are coming up for their extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are probably going to get this either later this off season or maybe early in the season. So yeah. they'll probably be just as high or higher. I would. Um, the, but did you see the news though that Hertz had ankle surgery uh, in the off season? That's not surprising, I guess. Right? Is it? Um, um, no, but it's another one of those injuries that you uh, he had some hardware removed. Okay. From his- ankle and i guess that had been inserted in his ankle after he'd suffered a sprain at alabama oh really well so this is kind of cleaning up a very old injury cleaning right? up a very old yeah, injury. How, so, how was the shoulder doing though because that was what hampered him towards the end of the season yeah i haven't heard anything but didn't, about you know, didn't seem to hamper him until in, in you know in the playoffs until the you know very end of the, the very last throw middle, yeah which came up very short um yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. So I, as, it seems like Mahomes that is, is still talking about his ankle is still bothering not, him a little bit. He's, not 100%, he's, yeah. He's recovering. Still, so maybe um, like one of the things you worry about is injury and Hurts being a running quarterback is holding on to him for five years. Is that risky? I think I don't think maybe the five-year deal isn't quite so risky. You know, had they gone to like the longer contract like Mahomes got, like the 10-year deal, I think then you'd be much you know, more worried about it, which I think is kind of the same scenario that, you know, Baltimore and possibly the other teams in the NFL uh, that are also looking for quarterbacks have not, you know, jumped on Lamar Jackson because I think he's looking for a long-term deal mm-hmm. in that, you know, five plus year contract range, which I don't think anyone wants, just wants to do. And now 
they have you know the numbers from the Hertz contract. Do you think Lamar Jackson's looking for the same numbers, or do you think he's looking for you know higher still? Seems like he's been offered the same numbers, at least. Yeah. Uh, close. I'd say probably almost fifty million a year. Probably not everything guaranteed. Maybe maybe less guaranteed than what Hertz got, but maybe one fifty guaranteed, two fifty contract or something like that. Mm. Um, I I wonder. Do you think if do you think Jackson would take exactly what Hertz got? I think if he had a if he had an agent, maybe. Uh, I don't I don't know that he, he he's going to be you know able to to hear these things and not you know, take them personally when yeah. when a team says that, you know, he's not gonna worth what he wants. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna take it personally. Which would which of those two quarterbacks do you think is more likely to uh stay relatively healthy during uh if they had the same five year contract? Do you think Hertz or do you think Jackson is more likely to stay? I mean if if I was choosing, I think I would take Hertz right now. Um, I'm not mostly even... because of coming off of this most recent season, you know, this season was, was really good for her. It was a big, you know, turned a big corner from mm-hmm. his previous years. This was by far the most productive and the most recent. So, and, you know, Lamar Jackson's coming off of an injury plagued season where the team didn't perform well with or without him. So, uh, yeah, Jackson has been, um, like right. As of right now, I think, you would rather have Hertz. If it was this time last year, I think you probably would rather have given the money to to Lamar Jackson if you had the same contract offer to both players. Yeah, maybe. Right? I'm not sure. I, 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 they're both. I, I don't know who could, who's going to be a more durable kind of primarily uh, passing quarterback because I think. It seems like you know uh, you have to you have to be a a passer first to 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 last a long time because at least uh, it seems like that the, the running quarterbacks have um, gotten injured more. Robert Griffin, Cam Newton, you know mm. these guys that um, who were Lamar Jackson maybe now you know lighting yeah. it up as as young players. Um, but they, but it was mainly because of their ability on the ground, which which opened up the passing lanes. Mm. Um, and well, you know, I, yeah, I don't. Philadelphia seems to have much better receivers than Baltimore has. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if yeah, Philly had their true. choice. Would you would you take either of those two quarterbacks over the other? I think I think as a dynamic as a dynamic playmaker, I would take Lamar Jackson over Jalen Hurts. Yeah, as for an upside for upside, I think Jackson. He also maybe has, he's riskier maybe than Hertz. Even though Hertz was hurt a little bit, I think Hertz tends to seems like he's a little stockier, maybe um, less. Also, maybe like, it seems like his intangibles are are higher. He, I think he's more of a team player. He's got more of that Mahomes kind of uh, quality. Maybe not as uh, fun or funny as Mahomes, but like, yeah. Um, but he's somebody who is really seems kind of all in uh, with what the team is doing. I don't think Jackson yeah. really is. So that's a that's a that's a not. Is, is that you think that's a you know has to do more with him or with Baltimore itself as a franchise? You wonder. I think it's probably more him simply because I think of uh, Hertz is they always talk about how Hertz kind of is a good good soldier 
and mm. he has like his dad does things for him, but like he has an you know he has an agent, you know he's not like trying to do everything on his own kind of in a in kind of recklessly in a way that I think Jackson is, and so maybe you could say that's what um maybe so I'd say maybe Hertz has a is is a steadier and more likely um investment good investment than the Jackson, but I think Jackson has really the most explosive potential, but maybe that's gone sure. And I, I just don't know if you if you think he can be on the field for a whole season without. Yeah, you, you know. wonder if like that's going to happen maybe to Josh Allen as well. Um, but he's been he hurt his elbow last last season, but mm. it seems like he's been pretty durable. Um, and maybe he throws a lot more than mm. either Jackson or Hurts, but he runs just as much as either of them. So it's a yeah, I I. Do you do you think so? What, what's what's your prediction for uh, Lamar Jackson? Is is he going to sign with the Ravens? Is another team going to take him? Is he going to take, you know, a one year deal and try to leave or again and do it again? Or is it going to be a, uh, maybe a two or three year contract, five year contract? You have any idea? If I had to guess, I think he'll end up playing this year on the non exclusive tag, and then so the you know the one year offer. Uh, for the you know the average amount of you know what what comes with that non-exclusive tag uh and then he'll take his chance next year that's what i don't i don't i don't think he'll sit out a year even though maybe that would be good for him in some way to you know not take any additional injuries to try to go get the bigger contract but i just don't know like, that he's going to be able to do it especially without having an agent so i don't know yeah well, i think that's... unless he's going to make has a change of heart and decides to go ahead and sign an agent and then actually yeah. get some advice from somebody that can really help his career. That's what, that's what, that's what I would like to see him do is that he can have somebody in his corner to take some of this, uh, you know, some of the negative aspect of, of, you know, contract negotiating away from, from him having to do it himself. I think the league is better if he's in it though. So that's, that's what I, you know, like to see him have an advocate. Right. I think so too. It seems like, um what I, yeah people aren't as, as likely to talk to the player and see without the agent because um you know you can say things to the agent that you, you probably wouldn't say to the player about right. you know, his ability and then the agent would probably not not convey all of that to the player right. you know what what's like i think exactly there's a lot of negative information that um, agents filter out and are able to kind of uh, and also be able to highlight the positives of uh, their clients and this is their this is their job and I think they're pretty good at it and I think that um, I, I just read an article a couple of days ago that it seems like no teams have actually contacted Lamar Jackson uh, since really? his franchise tag uh, no teams have really uh, this is a bleacher for article um no team no rumors no teams have engaged with lamar jackson on contract after after yeah i know some teams had said right away that they weren't interested i think some of them kind of strange yeah i think some of them didn't want to do uh the dirty work because they thought again walter's just gonna sign so they already agreed to this principle baltimore can just do the same thing he's gonna agree to that Mm. well Um, and then you know then they have to give up a draft pick to baltimore if they multiple draft picks right two first rounds mm -hmm. Apparently, I see another article 
that Jackson gave up a $200 million guaranteed contract. Last year? Um, in the, uh, it, I think they had, they had some negotiations before the last season started that I think was somewhere in that range. Yeah, the Ravens offered a Jackson last September. So Jackson yeah. was... Uh, two hundred and fifty million over five years. Offered two hundred, uh, hundred and thirty-three at signing, compared to Hertz's one ten, and a guaranteed yeah. amount of two hundred versus Hertz hundred seventy-nine point three. So, higher guaranteed amount. So, like that's it's essentially the same contract. So maybe again, yeah, maybe if you offered it again, he would take it at this point, but maybe not. I don't. I I I'm not in his head, and I don't think he's a person that, um maybe is operating rationally uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I, I, you, you wonder, and I guess the Beckham signing maybe is a sign that maybe uh, Baltimore's trying to keep him, but yeah, I guess all Baltimore has to do is say, well, we'll pay you $32 million and right. an exclusive tag and you can play with it. Or maybe he'd sit out. I don't know. Right, so I think those are the those are the two options that I don't I don't know if they're you know looking to negotiate a long term deal right now. So, I mean, I'm sure they would be open to it if they, you know, get terms that they want. But I don't I don't know if they're actually looking for for that. You know, there is a contract in place right now because it's <laughs> the non exclusive yeah. tag. Yeah, yeah so. non exclusive or yeah, and the, the teams don't want to trade two round two first round picks plus all that money. So it's right. it's. Yeah, it's really a not a great situation for Jackson. Maybe you could say, well, probably the best thing if he wants to get a long term deal someplace, he should just say, well, I'll sign a short one two year deal tops with the Ravens. We'll do fifty million a year. Yeah, and I'm gone. And uh, or you can resign me longer, or I can I'm free to sign with somebody else. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's kind of the scenario he's in right now without doing anything at all is just, you know, accept the one-year deal. Then this is like essentially a contract year again where he can, you know, try to work out a, a long-term deal with Baltimore during the season, wait till the end of the year, mm-hmm. or just go into free agency, I guess, right? Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the Carlos Correa situation in, in baseball. Where he wanted this really giant deal and ended up having to sign, you know, one-year contract with uh, Minnesota, and uh, now he has a longer. Well, he actually signed multiple multiple one-year contracts, long-term yeah. long-term deals that got canceled, mm-hmm. right? In the offseason right. this year. Yeah, he, he said, yeah, he tried to get done with the Giants for like. Was it like a, was like a fifteen-year deal with the Mets? Think, right? and then the Mets as well. Yeah, and then the Mets canceled it, and then the Giants signed him, and then they canceled it, and then the Twins Twins. signed him to a shorter deal for less money. Yeah, but two hundred million plus options, two seventy so over six years, so that's like a a lot of money. Yeah, but he was going to get like a ten plus year deal in Mm. in New York, I think. Right? Wasn't that what it was? Twelve years in New York for three fifteen, thirteen in San Francisco for three fifty. So yeah. He had those two giant deals. So I, I guess he actually gets offers and nibbles, whereas Jackson hasn't gotten any of that. So, yeah, I think yeah. the lesson here, though, is... But again, it was, it was, again, concern over an injury that was mm-hmm. sustained, you know, very long time ago, too, for Correa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's still got a long-term deal, though. Yeah. But baseball's not, not a contact sport, though, too, so... 
That's yeah. true. Usually, at least, especially not now with uh, the home plate uh, collisions, the larger bases and things yeah. like that, there'll be less likelihood of um, uh, players running into one another. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you one more question about um, the NFL before we maybe wrap this up for today. Yeah, I think I think I, I think I we can do that. Have you completed your full seven round pre you know draft mock draft for the Warning Track Power Hours mock draft seventeen point oh? <laughs> I have not done that. I have not done any mock drafts. I did. I should. I did do the uh, like online kind of uh, pro football focus mock draft where you can pick for the Chiefs. Okay, but apparently they move that into a pay sort of oh. thing because now you can only do two rounds i had oh. you could do all seven and like i ended up like doing a, a few of them and i ended up like trading a bunch of getting like, like tons and tons of picks uh so really like, yeah you could uh i kept trading back because i didn't really care for any of the players but I, like and then like um or like future picks so i had like as, as I, I did these different i did a bunch of different types of drafts but, like i had probably i had like 25 draft picks uh really wow not bad and then i had like plus 15 and 16 for like the next two years so like it was crazy how much i i how much you could get but i guess the idea is that the draft capital i guess the higher picks are worth more but really i don't know if they're worth as much more as uh they are um valued by current uh, it depends on how how good you are at player development so you can identify some kind of skill set that you can turn into value then then uh you know you can you can approach it two different ways right yeah it seems like really the um it's the first it's the it's the first overall pick that is pretty much guaranteed to be pretty good yeah Uh, the second it seems to really drop off once you get to the second pick yeah and you know, in the last couple of years, the Chiefs have managed to find good value in the draft, even late in the late, late in the first round, late in the late in the draft as well. You fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco was seventh rounder this year. Yeah, uh, uh, Jalen Watson, I think, was a seventh rounder, and they had fourth round, fifth round players uh, play this year. So yeah, they've had a lot of uh, lower round draft success um so, so you're did, saying that warning track power hour mock draft 17.0 is not completed yet it's not completed well, well, just... are we going to go into the draft with only 16.0 completed is that what we're saying <laughs> yes oh maybe I'll, maybe i'll do a first round mock of uh of, of, of no i need i need to see all seven rounds mike that's what uh uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're bringing to the table here. Only I'd saved uh, my pro football uh, focus drafts that <laughs> the other teams I picked just for the Chiefs and the other teams all picked. And so yeah, we could maybe maybe, uh, maybe we'll do that. But I don't I don't have any uh, insight right now into what rounds three, four, five, six, seven look like. I think the number. I, I don't even know what the number who the number one overall pick is going to be. I guess people were thinking it's Bryce Young, but it might be any of the quarterbacks. Maybe C.J. Stroud, who people thought was not as um, flashy a prospect. Yeah, yeah maybe Anthony Richardson or Will Levis are too raw. I don't. Yeah, so it's it's one of those. And I I think Bryce Young's. I mean, uh, um, 
Uh, Bryce Young is too short uh, to be. A, I think he's Kyler Murray at best, and maybe he doesn't have the. You know, he's not a head case, maybe like Kyler Murray is, but is he's probably going to be injured more than uh, a stockier, taller quarterback would be. So, uh, but I, so I don't even have number draft pick number one. Um, yeah, at this point, I don't. I have no idea who the Chiefs are going to draft. I probably an offensive it. lineman. That's that's what I, I mean. That's just what I think. Offensive most of lineman. They might draft another defensive lineman. Yeah, they might. It's like the receiver. Maybe could just be random. Um, you know, just depth. They could all. You could. You know. You think well, Legere Sneed's probably going to leave next year for a big contract. The Chiefs might not be able to hold on to him. Maybe they want a cornerback to start. Um, opposite McDuffie in mm-hmm. seasons to come. That might be a pick. Tight end. You know, Travis Kelsey is uh getting up there. No Gray's okay, but uh, I think this year's tight end class is supposed to be very deep and very um, strong, like the strongest ever, maybe. Really? In terms of tight ends, yeah. So, yeah, I think there are at least two or three first-round tight ends that are projected. And, yeah, it's, it's been a um, – so maybe that's, maybe that's a position, you know, or, you know, I think the only guarantee is that they will not draft a quarterback in the first round. You don't see the Chiefs uh, trading up to draft a quarterback in the first round? <laughs> creating, I do not. Creating an Aaron Rodgers scenario? For yes. And, and after they signed uh, Blaine Gabbert or Blake Bortles, whoever they signed. Whichever um, one it yeah. was, yeah. I think they could switch places and then we won't know. But this is actually Blaine Gabbert. I, I, I don't think they would have brought in Blaine Gabbert if they were going to draft a quarterback. I guess, they, I guess it's still possible they might draft one in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. Who knows? Yeah. Um, possible. Yeah, it's, it was one of those things where the Chiefs are in, a, in are a good enough position where it doesn't they don't have gaping holes. They could probably just pick the best player available, and it's possible. I, I can see them trading up maybe if they wanted wide receiver or maybe if they wanted um, uh, uh, Bijan Robinson from uh, Texas as a running back. Uh, he's he's the Saquon Barkley of of this year, really? Uh, yeah, but like you know, running backs are much less valued than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't. They yeah, they're, they're um, I, he's like the the guy they think maybe Bijan Robinson might might be a um a first a high first round pick or somebody who might slip a little bit. I saw yeah. somebody. So one of the one of the uh, pundits uh, thought the Chiefs would trade up and get uh, Robinson. Really? Yeah, I can't remember who. Which pundit that was? Yeah, it's maybe maybe one of the CBS people. I'm not sure, but that's yeah, the thing. He, that's the thing I spend the least amount of time on is looking at mock drafts. Is that it? Are you looking? Did you look? I, I also sent you Joe Lunardi's uh, Bracketology 2.0 already for the 23 24 season. Did you take a look at that? To be honest, Mike, I didn't even open the link. I saw what it was. Like, nope, <laughs> I don't even, I don't need to spend any time on this at all. It's not worth it. Do you think, do you think, as a, <laughs> I think we're going, going back to this, is Lunardi, so is Lunardi's work at this point in the season worth less than uh, Mel Kuyper? 
Uh, now? Now. They're equally worthless. <laughs> <laughs> Even right. I mean, yeah, Mel Kuyper, one week away from the draft, still has as much value to me as, as Lunardi, one year out from uh, the NCAA bracketology. Yes. <laughs> equally I, I would weight them equally and not at all. Well, speaking of equally worthless, uh, uh, Dr. Scaff and I are wrapping up a <laughs> another exciting uh, uh, edition of the Warning Trek Power Hour. Do we have any final thoughts? Hmm. Hoping for uh, better days for the Royals. I think that's the... Uh, yeah, I think that's... Uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with the Royals organization. Hopefully they can at least turn around somewhat and make it somewhat respectable this board 14 start. Other than that, we have a couple more weeks to the draft. We have um, another week or so to kind of see more about where the NHL and NBA playoffs uh, shake out. And uh, so I know we're going to be looking forward to that here at the Warning Trek Power Hour. I hope you guys are as well. And as always, I am Dr. Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and subscribe to our little podcast video channel, uh, what have you. And um, we wish you good luck. Oh, your, your team's uh, good luck this week. And uh, on that note, we wish you good day.